Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Thursday, October the 7th. And today uh, I am actually uh, hosting my friend Rick Green, and we're going to be doing another rally tonight at the Mason Jar in Lewis County. Come on out. It's going to be fantastic. And I'm going to spend today's podcast answering your questions. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Are you weary? I hear that word everywhere I go these days. People are weary from the pandemic, weary from what's happening in our schools, weary from what's happening in our state capital, and perhaps most of all, people are weary from the feckless leadership in Washington, D.C. But I've got good news for you guys. My name is Heidi St. John, and I'm running for Congress in Washington's 3rd Congressional District. I need your support so I can be your voice in Washington, D.C., and together we can bring sanity and hope back to this weary land. To join my team, please visit me online, HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. So thanks for tuning in today. Uh, I'm happy that you guys are continuing to leave questions for me over at the podcast. The way to leave those is to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. There's a form there for you guys to fill out and I hope that you'll do that. It's also a really great place for you to leave your off the bench stories. And you guys know I am fascinated with those off the bench stories and we really like to continue for you to leave those there. And I want to hear all of it. So what is it that's uh, happening in your area? How is the Lord encouraging you to get off the bench and onto the battlefield and to really engage in what's happening around you to the point where you are making a difference where you live. And I read these all the time. Uh, I'm always telling moms, you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to run for Congress, but you have to do something. Everyone has to do something. Do you guys remember when our nation was, well, of course you don't remember because most of you weren't even born, including me. The stories that I have read of our nation at war, World War I, World War II, uh, the United States, the women especially, we were not just sitting at home, you know, knitting baby blankets. These women were working. They were out um, raising money to support the war effort. They were t- hosting their friends and neighbors. They were many of them sewing bandages and helping uh, supply copper for uh, for ammunition and all kinds of things. And we are in a similar moment right now in history. So I'm going to encourage you again get off the bench, get onto the battlefield. This is a great time for you to learn to fight for liberty. If you're anywhere uh, in my area tonight, come on out to to the Mason Jar up in Lewis County. And I'm gonna link back to that in the show notes today. I don't think it's ever been more important than it is right now to just say, hey kids, you know, this is what we're gonna do tonight. Bring a notebook, get ready to take notes, bring questions. We're gonna do a live Q&A with Rick and myself. And uh, just, we're gonna get you guys engaged. It matters. This matters. It matters more now than it ever has. All right. I'm going to do a couple of things uh, because, of course, I recorded this a little bit early because I'm hanging out with Rick today. But I'm going to take your questions. And again, the kind of the rules of engagement over there are short and sweet and to the point. If you guys send me a big old long story, it's probably not going to get on the air. Uh, Keep those questions coming and keep them short and sweet and to the point. First one comes from Abigail. She said, Hi, Heidi. I am a homeschool mama of three who has taken a stand against the absurdity of masks. I'm finding it increasingly difficult to take my children to educational venues like museums and zoos, etc., because many of them require indoor masking. I feel like giving in and wearing them for these trips uh, is showing that my kids that we will give in when it suits our needs and I don't want to send that message. 
but I'm also struggling because I can't take them to places that enrich our learning. And I often turn down friend invitations because of this issue. My husband wonders who I am really hurting by standing my ground. Help, I feel discouraged. All right, so Abigail, a couple things. Um, I'm with you. We, you know, we turned down an opportunity to uh, do many, many things this last summer as we were traveling with our children because of the mask mandate. I will not participate. The only time I put that filthy face diaper on my face is when I have to get on an airplane. Even then, I think it's ridiculous. And in fact, Delta Airlines is just uh, frustrating me to no end. I was just on a flight with them not too long ago. And sadly, and I and I mean this. I mean, sadly, it really does depend on the flight attendants that you get on these on these flights. You know, I had a woman come up to me. I was sitting uh, near the back of the plane, and the flight attendant came up to me and she asked me if I had a different mask. You know, was I wearing a mask that was less than? Uh, you know, which I just find amusing, right? So I'm wearing a very thin, not see-through, but a very thin mask. There are people that have, you know, cotton masks pulled up from their from their neck gaiters and people that are wearing, you know, cloth masks that don't work. And you just never know when the mask Gestapo is going to come up and try to make a, a, you know, a point out of embarrassing you in front of everyone on the plane. So this flight attendant said, excuse me, do you have a different mask? I said, yes, I did. She said, I'll need you to put that on. And then she stood there to watch me. To which I replied, I can take it from here. I don't actually need you to stand here and watch me. So I just grabbed, you know, the stupid paper mask that the box itself says it does not protect against COVID-19. I mean, the absurdity of this whole thing. It's absurd. But the truth of the matter is I have to get from point A to point B. This is how I make a living. I just got back from Oklahoma. I traveled to uh, to uh, to the movie premiere of the new movie from the Kendrick Brothers at Answers in Genesis. You know, I'm I'm going, I'm I'm continuing to try to use my voice to encourage people in this crazy, uh, absurd time that we're living in. That really is, and if I have to go uh, to the doctor's office, that really is the only time. And honestly, you guys, I mean, I hate to say this. I rarely, I rarely go to the doctor's office now uh, because it's awful. And so when you say, I know I'm not taking my kids to the zoo, I'm not taking them to the museums, the museums are on fire. And oh, and by the way, I'll just let you know, like uh, the, I think it's the New York Museum. I'll have to look it up for sure. But I played for the good people of Calvary Chapel, Chattanooga, a woman who's representing one of these museums, this children's museums, reading a book on transgenderism to children. And there are lots of reasons why I don't want my kids to go to museums anymore. And uh, the mask mandates are just one of them. But I'm telling you what, most of these places are woke. They have bought into this terrible ideology. I won't give them my money. Uh, I'd like to see Christians and and people of conscience start to open up muse- uh, museums and and uh, and places like that. So I don't think you're hurting your kids by standing your ground, but that's just me. My kids, you know, we've been doing this now for 17 months. And have we missed some opportunities? Uh, yes, we have, but I will not put masks on my children and pretend that this is okay. I will not normalize the abnormal. And like I said, you know, a year and a half ago, if I have to wear a mask, I'm at least going to wear a mask that demeans the mask. So I have a mask that has a picture of a sheep on it and the sheep is wearing a mask. (laughs) So if I'm forced to wear a mask on a plane, which, you know, unless I'm taking a private plane, uh, I I routinely am that has been my solution. So I wouldn't feel bad 
you know, you could tell your children, this is really sad. We are losing freedom in this country right now. And it's going to have to hurt a little bit, I think, to get us off the bench and onto the battlefield. So hang in there. I actually don't think you're hurting your children. I think you stand by your convictions and you explain to your children why uh, they're not able to do some of the things that they would like to do. It's because just like in Nazi Germany, they're dividing us into camps. This should alarm every single American. And uh, I'm going to continue, guys, just to to encourage you to stay in uh, in the fight. And that's one of the ways that you can do it. Dana from Oklahoma, she wrote in and said, Heidi, how do you maintain a pure heart in response to the wicked leadership that has overtaken our nation, as well as the apathy and at times even complicity of some of the church? I pray for our leaders and for the body of Christ regularly but I find myself becoming so angry much of the time. I know there's certainly a need for righteous indignation, but I want to make sure I don't allow bitterness and offense to take root in my heart. Well, first of all, when we talk about how to channel the the frustration and the, the righteous anger that many of us feel toward what is happening right now, we want to go first to God's word. Lord, what do you have to say? How are we supposed to live? James 1.20 reminds us that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I'm going to say that again. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So is there a time for righteous anger? Yes. Jesus, when he went into the temple, right, the most famous example, turned over the temples and the money changers that were in the house of God, and he called them snakes. He said, you brood of vipers. I mean, he was angry, and he had every right to be angry. But at the end of the day, we know the Bible teaches us that a right word spoken in the right time are like apples of gold in a silver setting, that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, that the Bible teaches us that in our anger, we must not sin. And it doesn't help us to live in that place of bitterness. Remember, bitterness uh, is really the thing that hurts us, right? So when when we become bitter at someone, it's like we swallowed a poison pill and we expect it to kill the other guy, when really we're just killing ourselves. And so from what I can see, The only antidote to that is to stay in the word. It's to find your people and your tribe, the people that you can just be brutally honest with, the people that you can say, you know what, this sucks and I hate this and I'm angry and I'm, I'm angry for my kids and frustrated for my, for my church and sad for liberty in this nation. Find the people that you can be honest to. But when you go to the grocery store, when you're getting on a bus or you know, unfortunately on an airplane, uh, you guys want to help me get a private plane? That'd be great. I'd be willing to go in on one, uh, with somebody at this point, we might need a couple thousand of you to go in on it. (laughs) It's expensive. Not gonna lie. Uh, so I just think we need to do our very, very best to remember what the apostle Paul said about who we are. So we are there for Christ's ambassadors as though he were making his appeal through us saying, Come back to me. Be reconciled to God. You guys, I believe, and I've been saying this for years, that we are rapidly seeing the church age draw to a close. Now, that doesn't mean that we that we stop speaking out. The opposite is actually true. But we have to be engaged probably more than we ever were. And at the same time, asking the Lord to give us the right words in the right time. So I really appreciate that question. I especially appreciate the heart of it, Dana. And uh, I think the Lord will honor it. Cynthia from Tennessee, 
Heidi, I feel so discouraged right now. Well, Cynthia, look at you're in good company. These are most of the questions I get. Can you offer ways to find like-minded people in the community? My husband and I feel like we are the only unvaxxed people around. We don't know how to go about finding America-loving, God-fearing patriots near us. So, Cynthia, I don't know where you are uh, in Tennessee, but I would just encourage you uh, the first thing that we did, well, you, you got to have your tribe. You got to have your people. We are meant to be in relationship with with uh, other people. God's created us for a relationship first with Him, and uh, and then with people around us. And years ago, when I was trying to figure out how to engage my kids in relationship. Uh, we were living in Northern Washington State. My husband uh, went up t- uh, to Northern Washington to work for a church that we ended up starting a homeschool cooperative at. This, these were some of, in terms of starting the co-op, probably the, some of the most fruitful years of our ministry, also some of the loneliest and some of the most frustrating. Uh, that was a very difficult church to work for. It was a very difficult season. And I remembered my my children, I could tell, that they were as lonely as I was. And you can be surrounded by people and be very, very lonely. And I think there's a lot of that going on right now. And so uh, I started searching for people who were like-minded. Now, you know, I went to Starbucks and the grocery store and I put, you know, um, flyers out. And if, you know, different, I was looking to start homeschool as homeschool cop, which is what we did. And it turned out to be wonderful the really scary and sad thing about the time that we're living in right now is that you can't do that. So you couldn't say, well, you know, I'm looking for uh, a group of people who are not vaccinated, who we can, no, I don't think you can do that. But you know what you could do? You could say, I'm going to do Rick Green's biblical citizenship class, or we're going to study the constitution. Um, And if you're interested in studying the constitution with me, here's my number. Um, here's my email, get a hold of me and I'll give you the information that you need. That way you can vet these people. And I promise you, I promise you, Cynthia, if you put that information out there, people will come because there are patriots who are just as sad and lonely as you are. And they are also looking to engage and, and, uh, and you can do something really amazing in teaching people how to stand for liberty. This is why a Patriot Academy is so, so awesome. And I'm very, very excited because tonight Rick Green and I are going to be uh, Rick Green, the, of course, the founder of the Patriot Academy, America's constitution coach, Rick and I are going to be at the Mason jar in Lewis County tonight. And, uh, we're going to be encouraging people to do just that. So that's where I would start. Look at, go ahead and just look at the Patriot Academy. And, uh, if you want to attract Patriots, be a patriot. You know, that's where it starts. And it's going to require courage, kind of, you know, getting everybody out of their comfort zone and uh, out from underneath this this feeling of oppression that everybody is struggling with right now. Uh, all right. So this, this one, this is another question that's come in many, many times, and I'm going to address it one more time. Uh, how do you explain to a young child why it's okay to disobey signs that say masks required for fully vaccinated individuals? When they are not vaccinated, but we are always teaching our children to obey authority. So this question probably comes into me at least once a week right now. As Christians, you know, we want to honor those in authority, but we are using, and I'm, I continue to see this over and over and over again, this complete misapplication of Romans 13, which uh, Rick and I talked about on the podcast a couple of days ago, this total misunderstanding that somehow following God 
means violating our conscience because of a mandate that comes down from a government authority. This was never what he had in mind. No one's talking about uh, COVID and recovering with natural antibodies. It makes absolutely no sense. You know, I keep saying to people, make it make sense. Make it make sense. It's not wrong to ask questions. But as you guys have noticed, if you violate the you know, the mainstream media's uh, ridiculous talking point right now, if you don't go along with the so-called science that's coming out from the CDC, and you, you know, we heard in Washington state now, they are trying to fine and punish doctors who go outside of the so-called recommended treatments from the CDC, and they might prescribe something that uh, might be off-label, or maybe it's an experimental therapy, or maybe it's a proven therapy and just Father Fauci doesn't like it. The governor of Washington wants to fine you for that. Well, what do you tell your kids then? You say, well, you know, Father Fauci, this is what he says. And uh, and apparently he's got the ear of uh, the most corrupt administration in the history of the United States. And uh, the governor thinks it's a good idea. So therefore, we're going to do it. No. Use common sense. It's not wrong to ask questions. We want to teach our children to ask questions. We want to teach them to question the narrative. We want them to be discerning. We want them to be gentle as a serpent and wise as a dove. And this idea that we just kowtow to whatever whim seems to come along makes absolutely no sense at all. And I think that you're going to find that that's true as we move into a new season in this nation that really is totalitarian in nature. And so I, I completely reject the idea that we teach kids just to, uh, to kowtow to authority uh, based on Romans 13 or just because we've been taught our whole lives that that's what we do. We are living through a very dangerous time in American history right now. And in fact, this is true around the world. And so I'm teaching my children uh, to search for truth, you know, and to uh, we should always be in pursuit of truth. Right, We know that the adversary comes to kill and steal and destroy. And like I've said dozens of times here at the show, he's, that's what's happening right now. So when you see the fruit on this tree and it's rotten, people losing their jobs, you're, you're watching absolutely absurd things happen inside of the school districts and you're watching absurd things happen, you know, edicts that are coming down that make no sense. One day it's this and the next day it's that, you know, uh, Nancy Pelosi's, everybody has to wear a mask unless you're at her house for a dinner party with a hundred people, then you don't need to. The hypocrisy, the lies, the, uh, the propaganda, the fear mongering, all of this stuff, these, this is the fruit. And when the fruit is rotten, the root is bad. So teach your children to get to the root of the issue and learn to stand for truth and for liberty. The Bible teaches us that the adversary comes to kill and steal and destroy. And so we see that in the culture right now. And that has the fingerprints of the adversary all over it. Teach your children to be wise. One more question. This is a provocative one from Georgia. My husband and I believe that it is God-given responsibility for a woman to stay home and homeschool their children. I feel like the minority and lonely in the way that we think. How do I not judge other mothers, even in my church, who work outside the home and say they could never have the patience to school their children? It's becoming harder to find like-minded women. Uh, all right. Uh, I want to be I want to be very, very careful because I think it's, it is very easy for us to become judgmental, particularly in the church. I think, you know, we've lost sight of the preciousness of motherhood. And that really would be my, that would be the angle that I would take. I would be talking to this mom 
about the preciousness of her children, how quickly the time goes by, the indoctrination that's happening in the schools. But I would be very, very careful to say, you know, when a mom tells you that she doesn't think that she could handle being home with her, with her children, it's probably because she really thinks she can't handle it. I used to think I couldn't handle it. You know, when, when uh, someone said to me, why don't you homeschool your kids? I mean, this is a long time ago, you know, when Savannah was, you know, four or five or six years old. And I had really looked forward to putting her in school and just thinking this will be so fun. And I had, you know, visions of um, loving on her and her school and all the friends she would make and the wonderful teachers that she would have. I could not have conceived of having my kids at home with me all day long uh, because it wasn't what I knew. And I think rather than come down on these moms with this harshness because they're afraid to do it, I think we begin to uh, promote motherhood as something that's worth celebrating and a joy to uh, impact the lives of these precious kids. And really, they do grow up very, very fast. Now, to me, this is a different discussion from the parents who uh, would say, you know what, I just, I'm so sorry, but you know, we, we got to make money. I know the schools are hurting my children. I know that there's critical race theory and comprehensive sex education in the schools. I know they're teaching Marxism, but I just can't do it. That is willful disobedience that we are called to be the front line of protection against our children's, uh, against these kind of people indoctrinating our children and really hurting our kids. And so there's a couple different schools of thought, but we want to always remember at the end of the day, to be the fragrance of Christ and to motivate people in a way that is convicting and winsome. Uh, because, you know, I started out that way and I think most of us did, you know, and it, when your eyes are open and you can't unsee, you know, once you know what's going on in these schools, you can't unsee it. And that's what I've been trying to tell parents for so, so, so long. And like I told you guys at the beginning of the show, I'm, I'm frustrated and I'm tired of soft stepping it. This is an emergency. Uh, but when the mom comes and says to me, but I just don't have patience, I can relate to that. And that's when I would tell that mom, I, you know what? I totally get it. And there are going to be days that you're going to be like, Whoa! you know, I can't do this anymore. It's not about patience. It's about perseverance. It's about us doing the right thing for our children and trusting that the Lord is going to provide everything we need to raise our children for him. Everything we need financially, everything we need emotionally, everything we need uh, physically and spiritually. And as we walk in obedience, we live that out because we see, oh my goodness, he really can be trusted. That is all the time I have today, you guys. Thank you so much for writing in and getting your questions to me. I hope you'll come out tonight and listen to Rick Green and myself at the Mason Jar in Lewis County. So up near on Alaska, Washington, it's going to be a hoot and holler and good time. And you're going to be glad that you came. We want to encourage and equip you uh, to send you out onto the battlefield ready to fight for liberty. Thanks for listening today, everybody. I'm glad that you joined me and I cannot wait to see you back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.